0: Welcome to to Every Generation the Broadcast Ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields located in Jamesburg, New Jersey where we teach through the entire Bible verse by verse and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God.
1: Please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. We're gonna be looking at verse 24 through 34, but I'm gonna start at the beginning. Therefore, I'm sorry, 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. This scripture is probably familiar to a lot of you, um, it, and it's, it's, it's kind of popular. You may have recognized the song, the last worship song. What got me thinking about this scripture in the first place was um, talk, thinking about the general subject of priorities, we live, we live in this uh, fast, modern, f- fast-paced world and uh, a lot of times we get too busy. We prioritize and try to get things done and try to um, prioritize and figure out the most important one and do that one and then um, pr- do the next one after that and then the next one after that, but how do we prioritize? And, when the, the going gets tougher, when the, the uh, load or the pile of things to do gets too much, that leads to worry. And uh, the worry about how you're going to manage all these things. As believers in Jesus, we live in the world, but are not of it. And that's, prob- that's the first problem. We have to manage what we do with, uh, in the Lord in the world. <laughs> The world economy revolves around wealth, power, and pride. And God's kingdom focuses on love and righteousness. We want to serve God, but we are not perfect and should be on guard against prideful worldly desires. I wanna go through some of these verses and offer some questions to stimulate your thinking um, about seeking, first, the kingdom of God. On uh, verse 24, when we hear masters, you may think of the biblical days when there were slaves and indentured servants, But um, there can be modern-day versions of this, too. Hello? (laughs) What are the masters in your life? A master could be a person or something in your life that you spend a great deal of time on, attention, and resources. You can choose a master, or sometimes they can choose you, and turn on you and consume all your time and energy. A worldly master is something that is given undue precedence or priority in your life. Think about that. An example might be a workaholic, one who has a family and other interests but never has, finds the time for them. Or sometimes we have hobbies and, and one who spends every spare minute out in the garage restoring that old classic car. Or a young adult who is engulfed studying and playing every latest video game. God does not want to compete with worldly masters. In the 10 commandments God said he is a jealous God. He's jealous of our time. In Revelation God says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and him with me." Are your love and affections so consumed by worldly masters? So much that you have nothing left to open the door when God knocks. The handle to open that door that God is knocking on, it only has one handle on your side. God can't open it. You have to open it from your side when when you hear the knocking. God knows you cannot serve both God and the master of worldly wealth. I'm going to read some more scripture now for verses 25 and and on. 25 says, "Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not your life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air," for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the fields, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith, Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we wear or drink? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. The word says nobody can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, do not worry about your life. Stop chasing the riches. The word says that these creations, such as the birds, flowers, and grass, neither gather nor seek coverings, and yet God provides for all their needs. God also says that mankind has more value than the birds flowers and grass. He, he wants to provide that and more for us. Therefore, do not worry about your needs. Have some faith. God already knows exactly what you need, but that may be different when than what you think you need. It could be more or less. Sometimes we want sometimes he wants to teach us patience to uh, cure it's a cure for the i want it now syndrome we're still human and not perfect and we're not let off the hook for not having to work for a living he wants to he wants him i'm sorry he wants you to trust him for the source of your needs Seeking wealth can lead to worry. It can when you are fearful about how you are going to provide for your family, for the food, shelter, and clothing that you need. Yes, the the root of worry is fear. Worry or anxiety has fear at its base. You are afraid, or are you afraid, that God is not going to do what he says he can do? He wants us to trust him for the source of our needs. We're not alone. We have the love of God and encouragement of the body of Christ. And perfect love casts out all fear. Going on to verse 33 and 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day in its own trouble. Here's a question for you. Are you obedient? Are you obedient? If Jesus makes a suggestion like this, seeking first the kingdom of God, I'm assuming that you're at least considering to do this, because if you're not, we might as well just close the book and go home. <laughs> if Jesus says go, if you, if Jesus asked you to go out and pick a new car, pick, and, and I'll buy it for you, I guess we'll follow that pretty quickly and go and do go do that. But we want to first seek first the kingdom of God. What about that first word, seek? What does it mean to seek? It means to search for, to look for. But consider this why would you search for, or look for, or seek for something unless you first had a desire for it? Do you have a desire for the kingdom of God? But then, if you are desiring something and searching for it, isn't it a reasonable expectation that you would expect to find what you're looking for? And what if you don't find it? Are you going to keep looking? Seek first the kingdom of God. What about that second word, first? If one thing is first, if God says seek first, if there's a first, that would suggest that there also is a second and a third. That brings to mind priorities and the fact that you have choices in what you're gonna choose to be first. We make choices every day in many aspects of our life some choices are temporary that you can change your mind. Some choices are permanent where you have you can't you can't and there's no do over. Some choices are made for you, such as you have to be work at, at suppose like you, um, an example is you have to be at work at nine o'clock. You know that you don't have any say about that and. Suppose you plan to leave for church at 10 a.m. and the car doesn't start. Your plan, your choice is kind of aside. And also, you can make no choice at all. And uh, I know what that's like, called procrastination. And with that, you take the consequences. And here's the real kicker. Which one of these choices is God's will for you? think about that. What you seek in your priority, in your choice, what will be first, what guided you into this selection? What was the logic behind your choice? What was the purpose behind it? Who would benefit the most by what you seek first? As a priority, God said, to seek the kingdom of God. So that raises the question, what is the kingdom of God? A kingdom typically includes some land, resources, buildings, some people, and a king. In one respect, the kingdom of God is the whole universe in one respect. God designed it, he created it, he populated it. As God is above all things, he is the rightful king of the universe. As far as we can see, on earth and in space, it all belongs to God, and he has full authority over it. Seek first the kingdom of God. In another respect... God's kingdom is in us and in our midst, but as of today, not in this world. The kingdom of God is in us as Jesus is in our hearts. And the kingdom is also in our midst in the person and presence of Jesus. For us today, the kingdom of God resides in the body of Christ. Are you in his kingdom? You got to think of you have to answer to yourself, are you in the kingdom of God? Jesus said, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When we were called out of the world and into God's kingdom, we, we became an inhabitant of God's kingdom. Grammatically, there are two parts to that. Seek first the kingdom and seek first his righteousness. Romans 14. And I think this is great. There's a song about this, an old song years ago. But I like this description of the kingdom of God. Righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That sounds pretty good. Righteousness, Jesus, uh, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Um, what's better than that? There are, and that, those are all parts of the nature of God. Wouldn't it be great if we could live in that, um, in that arena 100%, 24-7? The word says that we are to abide in him, Everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. If we are born of him, we are in his kingdom. We are not perfect, but counted as righteousness because we are justified by Jesus. Our God doesn't want to be in competition with our worldly ambition, nor in competition with our need to be that workaholic or, focuses on where, um, or who focuses only on pursuing more wealth in order to have enough money to buy the food, clothing, and shelter that we need to survive. God wants to be first in our lives, in everything we do and think. He promises to, re- to provide all our needs. That requires our trust in him. That we spend more time with him in the word and prayer and that we have the mindset that lives first in the kingdom of God, pursuing righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Seek the kingdom first, trust in him, let him carry the weight and let go of that worry, anxiety, and fear for the future. I'd like to read a psalm that describes this better than me. Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside still waters, He restores my soul, He leads me in the paths of righteousness. That's a good line. I remember, um, that um, came to memory right away from the old days. He leads me in the paths of righteousness and his, uh, for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And there's another verse that really summarizes this and hits the nail on the head, too. And that's in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean on not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I'm going to read another one, too. Sometimes the scripture explains it better than I can, you know. Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. And not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Chasing that American dream will never be enough and will lead to worry And and stress. So, um, if we seek the kingdom of God, He'll provide all our needs, and let us not have to worry about that. Let's pray.
0: You've been listening to to every generation to turn